Hey, this is Christian, and you are tuned into episode two of the Ape Audio podcast. Today, we are speaking with Sam Hillifer of Sundiver and the now defunct Die Atlantic. I hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, we, we kind of want to start it off. We'll go. Uh, so last week, we basically went through our musical histories and divulged some incredibly embarrassing information about our musical past and then into things that we are maybe a little more proud of and we kind of want to do the same with you a little crash course it doesn't have to be super in-depth but if you if you want to start us off with uh, a cringy musical memory memory oh, yeah, something the, like that the beginnings so i was really lucky um with music not because any like no one in my family was a musician necessarily but my family always had decent taste in music even though it wasn't like their main passion so I was introduced to things really early, like Hall and Oates and uh, like the Pet Shop Boys and The Cure and some kind of like sick music. Um, but the first music that I like actively sought was this weird mix of like boy bands hmm. and Cher. How old were cool. you when you were uh, <laughs> hunting down this kind of music? Yeah, that is a super weird yeah, mix, but yeah, um, what age were you? Yeah, so like uh like share was like when, when do you believe came out okay like, oh. so i was like did you see she's on tour again are you interested in no no i uh, that honestly it was a very short-lived like, okay okay you know like how old was i like <laughs> not even grade one okay you know like i just liked sure i just liked share um and i hated rod stewart Oh, I think that's important to mention that I actually had an artist I disliked. What uh, What did you hate about Rod Stewart? I thought so he was whiny. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> yeah, I actually have uh, a signed Rod Stewart record. That's amazing. And it was basically forced upon me. So my uncle flies private jets, and uh, Rod Stewart was one of his passengers. And my mom was a big Rod Stewart fan, so she asked for some like some piece of memorabilia from him yeah so uh he Damn. signed signed a, a record for and i inherited all my parents uh cds as as cd players became kind of defunct or whatever yeah so yeah it's it's just there that's awesome <laughs> two sides of the coin yeah right here <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I dug share and i hated rod stewart fair and i loved like fred penner okay oh cool well clearly canadian boy you yeah. gotta love fred penner yeah, i love fred don't penner. know him don't know fred really? penner. classic Oh man, climbs out of a log, plays acoustic guitar. <laughs> no idea, man. I've never heard of this. You should do a little bit of a research, research on Fred Penner. Yeah, Canadian treasure. legend. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was like my embarrassing beginnings. Like all this good music around me, and me just gravitating towards like Backstreet Boys and Cher. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So. So your favorite Backstreet Boys song? Oh man. Too many to count. There's a lot. Um, <laughs> Backstreet's back, Backstreet's back is sick, um, and I've had a newfound love for it, knowing more music theory now and understanding that it's like pretty much a metal song. Really? What about it? Is it like? Dun, 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 dun. Oh yeah, oh, I guess true. like the electric guitars and Shit. stuff kind of brings it up. Yeah, that. it's like a gnarly riff. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty crazy. There's a cover, um, a band <laughs> that I went on tour with, or we played a bunch of shows with a long time ago. Um, uh, Blind Witness, they did a cover oh. of that song. Oh, yeah. Dang, I'm sure they tore that shit up. Too. Oh, it was sick. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, you know, that's probably my favorite Backstreet Boy song. And the chair, of course, was Do You Believe? So, that's sweet auto tune. 
<laughs> growing song. up in a household where you are surrounded with pretty decent music mm-hmm. and then seeking out something that was seemingly vapid or whatever, yeah. maybe just easy for a young mind to comprehend, did your parents ever encourage you to explore no, they were just down with what I liked. Yeah, throughout, they were just supportive of it. Yeah, throughout all of my music listening, um, my mom's always just been like, "Yeah, it's cool." Not even one that's just like, "I don't know about this, Sam." Uh, well, I anything with anything hardcore uh, with like screaming vocals, screaming, yeah, she's just she just, just doesn't want to hear it. Yeah, um, that doesn't mean she won't put up with it because um, she definitely has. That's very kind of her. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's never like. You know, because if we're moving on to song two, where it was like my kind of expressing myself in the music I like, not right, just listen, right. like, you know, thinking that, oh, I found my artist that I like. Right. That was like Blink-182. Okay, cool. Yeah, I loved Blink-182. What was it about Blink that started to like draw you in? Uh, Part, part of it was the humor. Cool. It was like, oh, you can have fun with music. Like, that's cool. Um, Are they what got you into bass? No, that's uh, my first instrument's actually actually guitar. I'm a like mainly a guitar player, um, and they they helped get me into guitar for sure. because uh, yeah, it was like, oh, I can play these riffs. So then, what pushed yeah. you towards bass? Uh, joining Dying Atlantic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? You were just kind of like shoehorned in, into the role a little bit. Yeah. Wow, that's I always liked bass. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but of course. I didn't know that I really liked it until Dying Atlantic. Yeah. Cool. I like. I we're all guitar players here, right? Yeah. And and I think the bass is just kind of like for me at least was always like this afterthought it was like i can play it i like it but i'm gonna stick to this thing with six strings for yeah that. Mm-hmm. you know yeah. I, I was never like put into a position where it was like oh i'm gonna be the bass player now it was never like that for yeah. me but it is an instrument that i admire and it's a lot yeah. of fun to play yeah and there's definitely um like when i started learning guitar i didn't want to learn guitar solos I just wanted to play rhythm stuff and learn mm-hmm. some riffs and chords and stuff um like i never learned like never sat down and learned someone's solo um, yeah. So for me, it was always about rhythm. Cool. Um, so when bass, when I you know started exploring bass, it was like, oh, this is perfect. Just it makes perfect sense. Fit. The rhythm yeah. aspect of it. See, so- I I always feel like like a guitar solo is like somebody's signature. I never felt like it was something you should ever like strive to kind of take away. Yeah. Because you you can like take away a bit of the theory of how somebody mm-hmm. does their solos, but I felt like you should always kind of make it your own, put your own spice, your own flair onto it. So yeah, I totally. Yeah. I totally get where you're coming from. And even a band like Blink is just like guitar, bass, and drums, so yep. it's easy yeah. to draw the essentials from that. So there were, was there a specific song by Blink that kind of, you know, was the turning point where you're like, oh, there's this whole kind of thing? Yeah, the catalyst for sure was all the small things. Yeah, right? all like the small things. It's just so classic. Was it, when did you watch it with the video at the first time, or did you kind of... No, I heard the first time I actually heard all the small things that I remember was from the Mark Tom and Travis Show CD. So it was a live version, and that's one okay. of my favorite versions too. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, it wasn't with the video. It was just a live version of the song. Oh, okay, cool. Um, from that record, and there, and also in that version, there's like all the humor, and mm-hmm. there's the the chatter before and the banter before and after, and yeah, uh, stuff that, like that. That yeah. made me really like it. Their whole goofy kind of vibe was really something to be gravitated towards especially being younger and when you were kind Absolutely. of like oh you can be like an idiot yeah. and have it be a career i guess sure yeah there's something to relate to i guess because you know when you're that younger did uh did blink 182 lead you to any other pop punk some 41 stuff like that uh, i listened to a lot of gob mm-hmm. um some some 41 for sure 
Um, but yeah, Gob was like the next big one. Okay. I think I only know two songs from that band. Yeah, I've never. I don't have much experience with Gob. And I just remember the zombie on the radio. music video. Oh yeah. That's if about you, all I know. <laughs> if you like, just put on Gob, you would recognize more songs than you. Really? Than you think? Yeah. Because they actually got some play in Canada on the radio and stuff which people yeah i saw the name around all the time and i'd hear them getting called out on 102.1 the edge it was just like i don't think any of their songs had that kind of hook for me where it just Mm -hmm. like caught my ear like like a a earworm i guess i don't think it really ever hit me like that but i i do know they're like pretty prolific for a a period of time there yeah absolutely um and actually now um the singer from gob plays guitar in some pretty one oh that's awesome oh he still does (laughs) because brown sounds back in some yeah he still does yeah oh so is derek just Taking the front man kind of no, position, no, guitar. So just three guitars, yeah, three guitar attack. Holy Interesting. shit! Interesting. Maybe yeah. I, I, I gotta check back into that. Yeah, I, I've only there's like a couple live videos I saw, and it doesn't sound like there's three guitar players, but right, right. <laughs> it, I, I like some forty one is like one of those bands for me where they're held in a special tomb in my brain where yep. I go, I love them at this point in my life, and I don't know if I'm ready to destroy that by exploring what they're doing now sure you know singer almost I get died didn't he he had a rough time yeah yeah, yeah. yeah alcoholism From alcohol, was a yeah. Yeah. yeah i heard them recently though they are still holding up yeah. like they, they kind play of live still, well yeah. yeah they play live well they are kind of maintaining their old sound cool you know like kind of when a band hits a certain level of maturity they've just been going on for so long that they kind of go back to their roots and it doesn't feel sure as much as like they're kind of just falling back on it as much as it's like oh they gave the people what they want and hopefully right, they don't right, stick right. to that with the future albums interesting so, interesting yeah. so then af- after that phase what uh, kind of led you to where you are now like what are you into now I it's in- it's interesting because there is a huge like i listen to a ton of music mm-hmm. um like i'm by n- i'm not even close to a one genre guy sure I'm like all over the board so i don't be- think any of us are yeah. either between um like getting into blank and being where i am now there is so many different pathways that I kind of went down from you know any like indie rock uh to like a bunch of folk acoustic stuff um into some like progressive metal and hardcore um I kind of skipped all the classic rock stuff sure I didn't really listen to much of that is that something you've returned to now or it's just never it's something you? that I that I appreciate mm-hmm. but it's not something that I actively yeah. like I'm never like let's listen to ACDC okay yeah fair <laughs> enough, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> like there, there's like a couple classics for me like like Sabbath Zeppelin things of that nature where it's like the quintessential I suppose yeah but I was surrounded by friends who loved classic rock and I was just like yeah yeah I'll listen to what that inspired now, like that interests yeah. me more. Cause exactly. Like some of those sounds are just they sound dated, you know. Yeah. Yeah, or or not even that. Just like it it wasn't. I had already found other things that filled that spot. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. You know that like kind of like rebellious or whatever. Yeah. Like I was listening to the the people that were doing it at the time. So like I was really into a lot of local music mm-hmm. between um, like middle school. Mm-hmm. and uh well till now i guess but really really into local music iron bitch face yeah i have an iron bitch face album <laughs> <Two liner. laughs> like i actually have one of their yeah their i remember copies. being at the show at albert mccormick and they were just like handing them out at the show it was so funny yeah yeah so like i was super into like um uh the charge yeah i went to go see them too yeah um that was so long ago though oh huge time i think ago. i was in grade seven yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, I was like really into a, a bunch of local bands, um, but then also 
if we're talking about bigger bands, like I was really into like Closet Monster, um, and like Propagandi. Cool. And like cool. I had a big kind of punk swing, but then at the on the other side of it, I was really into Jack Johnson. Yeah, oh, sure, nice. sure. Um, I, I was right there with you. Songwriter kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I was and I was also really and I will say easily my favorite band of all time, and I can say this because it's just been consistent through my life is Death Cab for Cutie. Hell yeah! Oh, nice. Never Hell listened yeah. to any of them. Oh, they're great. There's I, definitely some songs to hear. Yeah, uh, the I name the name really throws me off for some reason. I just I oh, should you should give them a go. Them out. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good one. But if you want some like good band music, like Bixby Canyon Bridge, Cath, um, pretty much anything off of Narrow Stairs, their album, like yeah, it's, I had it's just a really a, good music. A kind of similar thing going on where I was listening to like uh, like a lot of Black Flag, yeah. Rage Against the Machine, the yeah, Dead Rebellious. Kennedys, yeah, absolutely. But then I would f- like flip it over to like some Jack Johnson yeah. or uh, Elliot Smith, a little more depressing, but like totally like on the opposite side of the spectrum holds the vibe still and it's funny because to this day like i'll still go through periods where like me and my girl will be driving around i'll be playing some metal or some punk or whatever and then i'm like well let's put on some jack johnson and she's just like why do you do this it it doesn't make sense (laughs) yeah and i'm like it makes perfect sense (laughs) yeah exactly that's what i want to hear right now yeah Yeah. exactly exactly yeah i'm i'm very similar in that way and yeah i did i definitely listened to um rage a lot of rage and Audio Slave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Audio um, Slave was amazing. They, they actually, I, and I played a lot of that stuff on guitar too. Um, and Billy Talent, I listened yeah. to a bunch. Um, but yeah, if I had to pick a song from that time period, um, one that I always go back to, and it's, I wouldn't say it's my favorite song, but one that kind of represents my like middle school time period is a song called Slaves to the Pavement by Belvedere. It, it's like fast pop poppy punk cool with like this ripping guitar solo and like i bought an sg because of them that's wild did you hate it my the sg, SG? Yeah. i hate it now yeah, yeah. <laughs> terrible yeah i loved it at the time wow what's wrong with them i i always looked at an sg with like eyes of admiration i was like wow that is a really pretty looking I, guitar no yeah i recently <laughs> rented one for a rage cover set because it was the only thing at the music shop with a toggle switch yeah. so it was that or a les paul and i was like what's the issue what like what's bad with it uh they're top heavy yeah um so they're they yeah way down they're really mid-rangey okay hard to stay in tune yeah well, oh interesting yeah that's interesting the, i was um, just telling these guys last week that uh i'm like the wrong person to talk to about hardware because uh i have this <laughs> Fender St- uh, Squire Strat that I have like a strange attachment to and like it, no matter what other guitar I pick up and play I always go back to this old beat up guitar that I was given when I was like 12 years old but you know how to make it sound good now don't you yeah that's the yeah. thing like yeah. I, I I know it's weird quirks and how to work it so you know how to work it yeah, Hell yeah. <laughs> that's like yeah. this mic for me yeah sure yeah, this sure. is the first condenser mic that I bought when okay. I was 15 cool how much did you pay for it 400 Holy oh, shit. Wow. What kind is it? It's a Rode NT1A. Oh, nice. Damn. Wow. Yeah. It was like, I feel like when you pay that kind of cash, you, that's you're your life. You're going to get attached that's to your it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was like, the, the like I know how to make it sound good. I can sure. I can record anything with this thing. Cool. Do you record everything with it or have you kind of found that now as you've gotten to know it, you're like, it sounds best for insert it's, instrument here. It's probably my Desert Island microphone because cool. I know how to use it. Cool. But I now know other mics that are better at it at a bunch of stuff okay so like i'm not gonna put it in front of a guitar cab anymore but i could 
could right and, you know I, and, I, and i could make it sound good um, that's awesome yeah mostly now i use it on some acoustic guitars and that's kind vocals? Of, and vocals sometimes yeah, yeah. cool so but yeah any song i've ever recorded all on there uh yeah wow Holy at shit. least one track was on this that's interesting well to lead into that and uh your involvement with a uh, uh, local music and your love for it would you mind if we play one of your old songs and uh, introduce some of the people who might not be familiar with uh your old band die atlantic yes and the vocals were recorded on this okay oh nice. <laughs> cool. little little easter egg for y'all yeah. <laughs> devin you want to let this one fly
you've seen that video so many times now that it, it doesn't. It's just like part of me. I don't know. Does listening to older music that you made sound weird to you? Depends how old. Like, like this, for example. No, this doesn't. Um, yeah, Die Atlantic stuff, I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it still sounds like pretty relevant. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the sound, it's not dated. Like yeah. I, I could imagine that coming out next Friday and I would totally just be okay with it. Like it wouldn't be jarring. It wouldn't be weird. That is a huge would be dated. <laughs> yeah. Because I recorded yeah. that in my mom's basement. Well, the band, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's That's a, a nice full basement. Body, it's a full, full bodied sound, my friend. Yeah. yeah I, I recorded a lot of stuff in my mom's basement. But Did your yeah, parents guess, give you like the... Did they allow you to do it, or did you? Were you just kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm running, over. I'm doing this. Oh, I took it over. Yeah, and yeah. I, I like, um, my my family, they're they're kind of pack ratty, a little bit hoarderish. Okay. Um, so I took it upon myself to clean the basement, and turn it into something. Oh, nice. Like, so that like earned your spot. Yeah, it was like, okay. I'm I'm doing this, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna clean it out, and it took forever. Um, <laughs> and there was some de- there was definitely some secret dump runs. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> did they ever notice? No. <laughs> no, no, no. That's great. Um, That's great. When did you start? I started recording when I was fifteen. Fourteen. You started 15? like recording bands, or just like recording uh, myself. yourself? Yeah, myself at first, because mm-hmm. um, I was writing music, um, and recording was expensive, and I couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. So I just started no, making no. it work with it my family like computer. It's running. What did you? start running with like audacity or a first audacity with like a uh, windows 95 like microphone <laughs> that came with uh, some computer yeah um and then uh and then moved to sonar and fl studio um and now eventually to logic red, that means on a mac so do you like working on a mac more than pc i do yeah um is it the like the fluidity of its UI that's just so nice, or is it just part of it aesthetic? Um, like I can get by on either. Mm-hmm. Um, part of I think the reason why I've kind of like made myself love my Mac was because of how much I like Logic. Mm-hmm. Like Logic is such a good recording program for someone who's creating as well as recording. Mm-hmm. Um, the fluidity of like inserting an in- a digital instrument track um, and then also having audio tracks beside it is just it's so simple. And it, it, it was, it's been that simple for 10 years, whereas other programs kind of had to catch up. Yeah. So I just got used to it. Well, it's um, kind of been ahead of the curve. Does yeah. the thought of switching out to uh, another studio program horrify you at this point? Um, not really. Uh, a little bit. Um, but I'm pretty quick at learning things. Yeah. What's your next go-to? My next go-to from Logic would probably be Pro Tools. Um, and then who knows, like maybe Ableton, um, I've used that a bit. Uh, I know my way around Cubase a bit. I haven't tried studio one yet, but you should, I know everyone's great. Everyone seems <laughs> low on everybody's list. <laughs> uh, everyone seems to really like it though. Like everyone yeah. that uses it seems to dig it. I mean, like it's, watching Ian mess around on it, it seems pretty, seems pretty yeah. easy. But I think the reality is that all DAWs are good now. Yeah. yeah. It's just picking the one that... They all bring a little something best. different to the table. Like Ableton yeah. brings a more performance aspect. Studio yeah. One is like really just easy to use if you've just never used a DAW mm-hmm. before compared to like something like Reaper, I'm sure you know. Huh? Oh yeah, Reaper stuff. Yeah, but it's great. Reaper's yeah. like the most flexible if you know how to really 
I don't know, custom, if you know how to customize it or if you just have the willpower to, but yeah. Pro Tools is industry standard, so it's good that you know it because any studio you go into, most likely... Yep. Yep. Yeah, Pro very, Tools is like having a tape recorder. Yeah. It's like, we're just recording. Uh, obviously, you can do everything with it, but... Yeah. Um, going back to Die Atlantic, do you want to talk about the history of the band sure. a little bit? Like, kind of, where did you guys start? Why did you start? So, I'm not a founding member. Okay. Um... I, uh, How were you brought in? I was brought in by my friend Emmett, Emmett O'Kane, who you see playing drums in the video we just watched, uh, but he was playing guitar at the time. Um, so he brought they. Uh, I said that I would record them, and then I ended up playing some like keyboard stuff and uh, like a few piano parts, um, and I would like trigger bass drops, and I would like. T- I had like lights that I would turn off and on. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. An integral part of a studio yeah. recording. While you were recording them? You no, were... like oh. when we would play live, I, oh, would, okay. like, I had these lights that I would turn off and on in time with music. All right. Um, you know, like every metalcore band had light boxes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Those yeah. two above the each amp that would. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that was me just big truck lights. Light switches <laughs> on this rig I made with a keyboard and light switches. It's cool. Um, and then, uh, you know, as members kind of moved out as the, you know, maybe the music got harder or their lives got busy. Yeah. Um, I, I took over bass, um, and then, uh, some guitar players left. We got new guitar players and it switched to drums. Uh, so the whole kind of lineup went that way. How old were you guys when, uh, like all this was kind of going down? Um, like, I want to say 16, 17, yeah, 18, yeah. 19. Like, yeah, it was it was pretty much between like the end of high school and the beginning of people going to university. Right. Is that what made it tough and like kind of inevitably led to like um, the, the bands splitting up? Like everybody had to go off and do their own thing. Like you guys had to make that decision. Well, the, um, Emmett was the only one in university, um, and he really made it work. Uh, like we would book things totally around his schedule, and he really dedicated himself to making it happen. So it actually wasn't ever really a big issue. Okay, cool. Um, I think more of it was, it's just that time in life where you're getting a lot of external pressure to Mm -hmm. do other things. And yeah, like people just have to move on and try different stuff. And also everyone's taste had been changing. Like there was definitely a bit of tension in between what kind of music we wanted to make. Right. Yeah. Um, a little bit of that for sure. Did you guys feel like you had to reevaluate like, Hey, what are we trying to do? Like, what are we all okay with how this is going to sound? Or was it kind of just like a elephant in the room that started to get bigger and bigger? Yeah. It was a bit of an elephant in the room. Um, not, it definitely wasn't like a, a breaking up factor like that. We didn't really break up. Uh, like there wasn't like a big fight and we all stopped it was more like fizzle um like mitch quit and then uh because he w- was figuring out what he wanted to do with his life um and now he's a very successful barber which is sick yeah um and then the rest of us were still kind of working on some on the songs and we were recording things and we were doing some featured vocalists instead and and kind of auditioning some people and nothing just panned out right right and it just kind of fizzled yeah it's it's tough for me to use the word like breakup like it yeah yeah it, it's taken with such a negative connotation where yeah so, yeah they're normally pretty rough <laughs> yeah 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 like, but you say hiatus and then there's an expectation that's yeah. they're coming reunion back together tour. You know? and then once they do it's kind of like <laughs> yeah exactly did yeah. you uh do the mixing and mastering on your i did everything on that yeah that's Holy awesome man. great work <laughs> thank you 
yeah, yeah like when I when I heard that, I couldn't believe that there was some dudes in my town making music like that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people thought that. That's why people yeah, a lot of people came to your shows is because I think although like some people are just like listeners rather than like musicians, people can like kind of smell talent and bullshit. So when people kind of saw what you guys were doing, I think they really gravitated towards that and it helped keep the scene kind of, you know, just yeah. going down whatever path it was going down. Yeah, and it was a it was a really cool scene at the time. Like we would play regularly with Intake Glass from town who just did a reunion. Um, did you catch us. them? Yeah, I did. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, I don't really time. remember it too much, but <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, there's intake glass was around. <laughs> uh, you had like um, unlimited. They would play a bunch. Unlimited. Yeah, Nick unlimited. Nick unlimited. Yeah, yeah. great dude. Um, who, who else? I don't know. There was there was a bunch um, of like oh um like auras was just getting started set anchors set anchors yeah 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 set anchors was around they caught the they caught the whole wave yeah, they as were, soon as it came up yeah they, they kind of like, went away towards yeah they were like right at the beginning like just before die atlantic yeah exactly had a, had a lift because they they actually had their cd release with the like they had their first show with the with kingdoms oh nice they, like it was like a dual first show i think cool if i'm remembering that right and it was like legendary it was sick um who else auras yeah, they're still picking, though. They're great. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're they really evolved. They just yeah. get better and better. They, exactly. <laughs> they're wild. They really like, do. Yeah, those are great, great dudes. Yeah, sure. Um, and then, and then, if we kind of expand out of the area, like we played a lot of shows with Horizons. Oh yeah, Horizons. Jeez. Um, so they were around for sure. And then at the same time, um, uh, we played a bunch of shows with Counterparts and Structures. They were kind of happening at the time. Shout so. out to structures, geez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. shout yeah. out to both. Yeah, both. But I don't know. The, I guess it was something that just did it for me. Structures. Fair when enough, I heard yeah. it, it was like so ahead of the curve. And yeah, oh yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it was definitely blew our minds. Um, so yeah, there was there was that kind of like Toronto, Southern Ontario yeah. scene happening that people were just totally digging. Yeah, there was a lot of yeah. buzz, a lot of buzz for sure. Yeah. It's the biggest tour that you guys went on. Um, the biggest tour we went on, like longest tour we went on, was yeah. with uh, a band from the states called Belima Burial. Nice. Um, and we did like when well, we played in the states, um, they headlined, and then we played in Canada, we headlined, uh, and it worked out really well. Um, definitely got gained a lot of followers on both sides, and those dudes are so nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're just the nicest people. And honestly, when we were in the states, like we had good times. But that was like a three-week tour, three something like that. How are you promoting your music? Just like on MySpace or? Yeah, yeah. MySpace, Facebook. Um, Do you have like a manager, like a booking agent that you kind of? No. No. Wow, that's no. really impressive. Yeah. Especially back then, it was kind of, you know, having a DIY kind of grind was yeah. just starting. So it was. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of uh, like small promoters that were wanting to take big time advantage of yes. groups just like you guys yeah we Definitely. were really like so my so mitch did a lot of the booking mm. and then uh my friend my good good friend adam uh he he'd like uh tagged along and would kind of manage us a bit and he would maybe deal with the promoters and you know kind of plan things a little bit right right um and manage a bit of our money and stuff when we were on tour and we took it really seriously like if we were book- playing a show we had a, we sent a contract it got signed we got it back and then we wow confirmed the show sure I, I was gonna say that when whenever i listened to you guys and saw you guys perform there was nothing lazy 
about Die Atlantic, yeah. you know? Like, no, it's no. like, like, everything was really tight. And it's like, together. how are these guys pro in their R age? Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, how it long have they been mind. doing it for? It blew my fucking yeah, mind. I'm like, good. I'm sitting here playing World of Warcraft on a 15-year-old computer, and these guys are just nailing it. <laughs> like, what kind of steps do I have to take to get to that sort of level? That is a huge compliment, and I'm gl- I'm, it feels good because that's always been my focus when, in any band, like, even in Sundiver now, like... I want to come out as confident and as clean as possible, and if I'm not doing that, then I I don't like sure. I don't feel good about it. I think you guys are definitely off to like uh, a great step with Sundiver. I've been checking them out over the past couple of days now yeah. since I knew you were coming on. Um, would you mind if we play a track so everybody else can get a taste? Uh, absolutely, go ahead. Yeah. Cool. It was a cool experience to learn um, how other people work sure, and what it's like to just be a guitar player. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because uh, that had never happened for me before. Um, so part of it was a selfish thing, like, yeah, let's spend this money and go record here so I can experience it. <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds <laughs> yeah. great to me. Um, and at that time, um, we had a we had a drummer um, named uh, Eddie Stenard, okay, who played in like Hollow Sea um, back in the day. And he's a super good dude. Um white cap co clothing is his clothing line oh yeah, weird. yeah so you might have seen that around yeah so yeah he's the dude and he now actually cuts hair with mitch cool oh nice um, look at that yeah. full circle yeah, exactly so uh he, he played drums for a bit but he was just too busy becoming a hairdresser and all these right, other things right right um so we ended up actually playing our first year of shows without a drummer we just used ableton with drum tracks really oh, interesting nice. yeah. how shit. how would how did how does that go over for uh like crowd energy yeah uh the number of times people said, "Oh, I didn't even know you, you didn't have a drummer." That's so crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys like bring your energy though? Were you guys like oh, were yeah. you guys making up? Were you Gotta guys compensating the for the lack of like the 
Hugely. energy a drummer provides even just like them just kind of the sweat we were yeah, compensating it's, it's the sweat <laughs> yeah. the drum sweats we were compensating in every way like finding ways to make my guitar tone because because at the time i was i was the only guitar player finding ways to make me just sound like six people yeah. um making the bass just sound massive mm. um and and actually abusing the fact that we had electronic well, well they, they were like i programmed all the drums that we played to and then we would like um our uh jacob he would have he had ableton in front of him he could like distort them or compress them or oh, cool. so we kind of made it part of the performance did you guys let any other uh sort of like soundscapes run through ableton or you and just you do strictly the drums just and... the drums nice okay. which uh drum pack did you use um for that i was using addictive drums nice yeah one of their like modern kit or something like that i don't remember what it's called um classic classic yeah <laughs> addictive drums all the way and uh yeah so we we actually made it part of the performance like we would crank up effects and stuff and then if we were playing more diy shows i actually took those drums and i printed them to cassette whoa um and i took excerpts from the audiobook called sundiver and like cut it between the songs that's super cool so it was like we would get on stage and we'd put in a tape and that actually played our drums oh that's pretty crazy. Yeah, so we did that Jeez. for a while when we were playing like basements and stuff like that that's super dope and then uh just in august uh we found a drummer cool we did some auditions and we got a guy uh, his name's rob greco mm-hmm. we're his first band mm-hmm. wow um, how old is he 24 25 okay. okay. all of us are 27 28 so he's a bit younger but he's super cool dude is he uh, yeah. unleashing a torrent on you guys a torrent of uh being a, a single solo drummer for so long and then finally getting a chance to play with others um i don't know he's like he's so chill and calm and willing to just play what i wrote that sounds great that sounds like ex- exactly what a bass player or a guitar player or a vocalist would want in a drummer yeah, yeah. it's nice uh, so now that we're working on the full length stuff um he's obviously involved in that creative process like the songs were written and like the basic grooves were written by me already but now he's influencing his part on it and we're actually in the process of recording the drums right now Uh, and it's really cool to see how he's kind of after learning our set list of old songs how he's listening to these and already kind of getting the style cool that's awesome because it is kind of a unique drum style because it's written by me a guitar player yeah um that comes from programming like prog metal drums definitely uh, you don't take into consideration somebody's bodily limits i, I it's like you air you air drum it oh, right yeah, yeah you're yeah. like, you're like <laughs> yeah you, you program something and you're like oh, yeah he can do that yeah you just kind of wave your yeah, hands like, around yeah, you're yeah. like that makes sense, that makes sense. <laughs> you just left and right things like you're kind of like that's yeah great. and uh and yeah he just he's been making it work and um i'm a jerk about playing to a click I love playing to a click. Sure. Or I love having someone in the band playing to a click. Okay. Got to. If I know. Yeah. Like, I think that's part of the reason why people thought the Die Atlantic was so pro. Yeah. Is because we played to a click. Yeah. You, you guys aren't a funk band. I mean, it's it, it would be tough to stray. Well, yeah, it's like for two B- a group like that, you know. Some riffs, it's like 2, B- 2 BPM too fast, you can't play it. Yeah. But then also 2 BPM too slow, and now you can't sweep anymore. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's kind of awkward. So, so, yeah, I'm so used to playing with a, a drummer that plays to a click. And he showed up first day. I handed him it. I was like, "Have you ever played with a click before?" He's like, "Just practicing, but never with a band." And first show Perfect. we played, click in. That's awesome. Great. That's yeah. awesome. It was meant to be. But I guess that's the key of a drummer. The click is just in his head. It's mm-hmm. always been there. You know. You're right. It's just making sure that they recognize that and yeah, can attach those two thoughts together. Sure. 
Um, so you guys are working out the uh, full length now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have plans for how long you'd like it to be? Is, oh yeah, uh, it's written. Oh, it's all finished. Yeah, holy finished smokes. recording it. Cool. Is there is there like a concept to it or uh, any string to follow along? Yeah, for sure. Um, the so our vocalist Jacob, he loves albums. Like he's a he's a super music nerd, mm-hmm. but he loves full albums and he likes complete works where one huh. song needs the other before sure, it and after. Sure. It. So he really wanted to make an album, and we were all down because I've I've never really made one myself, like uh, not to all the way to the end. I've worked with other people and made albums, but never one that I would say was my own. And uh, so we kind of let him run with the concept, but the idea that he came up with was, um, well, uh, I guess I can say it. It's it's <laughs> uh, likely going to be called animalism. Okay, cool. And it's about Sounds sexy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and it's very spooky. It's it, you know, it's about how it's like the the animalness of people. Cool. Um, so there's songs about werewolves. There's songs about vampires. There's nice. That sounds awesome. Um, there's definitely some furries. <laughs> some, yeah, there's surely some furries. Some some, uh, some furries. pony boys. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Some bronies. Clopheads. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of a spooky vibe. Um, and big and loud cool and punchy and yeah it's it's exciting and it's fun and i'm really stoked to really get into it that's awesome but yeah right now we're we we pre-proed everything and now we're just recording the drums and then we'll move on to bass and guitar and then vocals awesome how do you um how do you feel about concept albums i love them yeah i think they're cool um so yeah this one like it's a concept album in that there's a concept overall which is this kind of the animalisticness of people mm-hmm. um but then i also like concept albums where there's actually like a tangible story through the whole thing right right. like i think like coheating cambria um, yeah how they have their graphic novels and then they write an album based on the graphic yeah. novel coheed's crazy yeah they take it to like the next level i never really got into them that much not for any reason just like it was never one of those things i got they're around pretty, uh, to but yeah, pretty talented yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah i've heard i've heard such things PSP. Devin says they yeah. were the stock yeah. song. Of shout, the out Sony PSP. PSP. shout out to PSP. Shout out to Sony PSP. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I love concert albums. I, I've, I've worked on one before um, for, uh, I produced and played some of it, not a lot of it, but uh, for a guy in town in town named Will Curry. Um, the band's called Will Curry in the Country French, and the record was called They Killed Us. And I actually didn't know it was a concept album until it was done. While I was working on it, I had no idea. And the idea was that um, they're kind of like a, a piano-based rock band um, with some orchestra- orchestration elements, like some violins and all sorts of stuff. Did and they do those live, or did they just use, like, contact? Some live, some contact. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a long project. It took us yeah. almost two years. Holy shit. That's, <laughs> That's wild. crazy. Uh, but yeah, check it out. Uh, proud the, of the it. Album's it called... good? Oh, yeah. It, I, I love it. Cool. Uh, it's called They Killed Us. And the first song is like straight up just the band. And by the last song, there's no one from the band in the song. Okay. Uh, so it's like each, each oh, song, really a different cool. member disappears. <laughs> uh, like They Killed Us. It becomes wow. a bunch of key- wow. features. Pretty interesting. Yeah, it yeah. just turns into Under like studies. The, the last Not song either. is just like an orchestra with a female singer on it cool crazy yeah. yeah i'll make sure i check that out yeah it's i'm, I'm hugely proud of that that record that's awesome. awesome um but yeah it's a love concept albums for sure so um with the sun diver record are you guys looking to so it's not necessarily a story that's going through but it's kind of like a theme that's going on 
Definitely. Um, yeah. Are you guys looking to incorporate any sort of um, like non-instrument elements to it, like any skit work, any samples, things like that? Uh, there is a song with the spoken word part. Okay. Um, but it's like really distorted and sure, sure, and muffled. It's it, supposed to like, it's kind of like an Easter egg thing that if if you really want to know what it's what it is, you'll look at the lyrics. Okay. Is the vocalist uh, doing the spoken word part, or is like some there's like a it's him. You know, nice. Uh, well, okay. maybe it won't be. In the pre-pro, okay. is. I don't know. You'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll just have have to wait. yeah, I don't even know. So we'll have to wait. do you guys have a planned release date for it, or no. it's a long way out still? Yeah, it'll be. A, we'll probably have something come out before it. Mm. Um, another EP, another EP, or just even like two songs okay. or something. Sure. We'd love to do like a split with someone. So if you want to do a split with us, let us know. <laughs> uh, I'll record it. Shout out! I'll make sure. Uh, <laughs> I make sure I'll I'll get. Uh, the contact information out there for you yeah uh oh yeah our, our social media is good yeah um yeah we'd love to do a, like a split with someone or something like that something just fun who did alexis on fire do a split with monine yeah that was that was a sweet one yeah, yeah the switcheroo that was yeah. good one. um so yeah i think that would be fun um but yeah we have a couple songs that didn't make it to the full length that will that we like a lot yeah that we'll probably use for something like that cool um, and it would just be a matter of recording them and calling it a day. Right so on, we'll right probably on. have something that comes up before the record because um, we don't really know how we're going to release it yet or what what we want to do for releasing sure, it. Sure, sure. Do you have ideas in mind? Um, I mean, we're, de- we're going to record it and finish it and have it done and then probably start planning that more. I, I always like having... Ch- like focusing on one job at one time yeah especially in a diy diy project right like if you're trying to record it and promote it mm-hmm. one part of that equation it's is gonna, just not going to work out it's yeah, gonna or just yeah. be a little lackluster sure, yeah whereas sure. if we re- focus on recording it getting it all, the way we like it mm-hmm. and then we focus then on releasing entirely it entirely focus on the release. so i mean there's a good there's a, a, a good chance that we'll sit on it for six months once it's done uh right and just sure look to, uh, for a way to release it yeah i mean the the climate of the industry right now is kind of like up in the air a little bit. So yeah, it's definitely something that you'd want to take yeah. your time into preparing. Yeah. And who knows where it'll be in six months, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But if it's like, why plan it now if it's going to be different? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It's just a matter of just keep going at it because if you're just always going to wait until what changes, it's always going to change and it's always yeah. going to change at a more quicker rate, like exponentially yeah. now. So Absolutely. like marketing I, yourself is so, I don't want to say it's hard, but like you said, it's, it's a, it's so time consuming now yes. that it's hard to find a, a, like a lifestyle balance unless you're fully committed to it. Some people can do it. Maybe a lot can, it is exhausting, but, um, yeah, I think the important thing is when you're like marketing your, your band to like either be really dedicated to it or just kind of be one of those, you know, those like ominous projects that can kind of come out every four years with yeah. content. Everyone's like going crazy over it and it's like well you guys don't market yourselves at all yeah like you guys don't you're not you guys aren't like on the you know internet's eyes like constantly and you guys still crank out good stuff i feel like there's kind of been like a divide now it's kind of you have to be one or the other sure constantly on. i think a lot of it comes from touring yeah touring too just being in the public eye yeah 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 touring's huge for sure yeah so we we definitely plan on like having it done and then so right now we're we're not playing as many shows just because we're working on it um we still are playing shows when they come up but um we plan on obviously playing a lot once it's done um and adding some of the new songs to the set list right cool cool um is there any venues that uh you you prefer to play around here with sundiver um yeah um i mean i loved when it was around there was the snake pit Mm -hmm. where the hell was that yeah (laughs) the snake pit was uh my friend chris's house 
Um, oh, it was just like some somebody's yeah, house. Yeah, basement. Yeah. yeah. Our Jesus. first first show. Why was is it there. called the Snake Pit? Uh, I don't know. A bunch of snakes. snakes. It was a basement, <laughs> and people drew snakes all over the walls or something. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know. That'd be a great question to ask uh, him. That's but hilarious. It's called the Snake Pit. And pictures. We only played there twice, but they were great shows. Was this and a licensed venue? No, 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 no. This was a this was B-Y-O-B-Boy. a B boy. Pay what you can. Cool. Uh, yeah, make donations if you'd like. But it was great. We played our first show there with um, Heart Attack Kids and Gene Daddy. Awesome. Oh, Gene, Gene Daddy. Yeah. Gene Daddy. Yeah. It, was the, it was the Gene Daddy C release, actually. Oh, that guy's... So that's why that's why like I have such an attachment to that place, because cool. it was Sundiver's first show in Waterloo. Oh, cool. nice. And um, it was super cool. Is yeah. it still uh, kicking it. around, do you know? Who? Snake Pit? Nope. Nope. Uh, house demolished. Really? Yeah. yeah. Nobody wants to buy a house when all these snakes are drawn. That's true. <laughs> yeah. True. Uh, it was like definitely one of those houses on is on on King Street uh, by McGregor, the nice. school there. So, what's your least favorite venue? Oh wow, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, we can do it for former places. The Hive. The Hive was interesting. It was interesting. It wasn't bad. It was just I yeah. don't know. I did sound there once for Mishu. Okay, and it was super fun. And I played acoustic one time myself in the basement because um, there was two stages there. Nice. Um, but I don't actually remember if Die Atlantic ever played there. Well, the Hive was a huge, you know, local show spot, and when yeah. the scene was happening, it probably. Yeah, yeah, like I remember seeing Auras there. Oh yeah, and they were sick. Um, I don't think I went to any show there. There was, was a lot of shows there. Yeah. The stage was in the corner, I remember, by the yeah. windows. Yeah. It was very very small and yeah. in the corner. It sounds like Fat Cats. Stage just tucked away in the back corner. Yeah, mm-hmm. fat, which is now Hacks. Yeah. yeah fat Cats. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I I think any venue can be awesome if you make it work. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, so, I mean, yeah, Snake Pit was fun in, you know, in someone's basement. Um, but, like, Harmony is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we haven't played Chainsaw, but it's great. Oh, it's good. Um, uh, Open Sesame, we've played. Oh, Where's nice. Uh, Kitchener City Hall, like Jesus. attached to Kitchener City Hall. You know, like yeah, where the like where people play checkers and chess. Kind of oh, thing. like the outside area. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's inside. No, it's inside. Uh, where the but you know on the outside where the people play like yeah. checkers and, and that stuff glass like that. Room behind them. It's that glass room. Yeah, crazy. So it's an art shop during the day, and then you can rent it for not very much money, and they just push all of the shelves to the side, and they have a little PA crazy that's cool um, so that's we're coming cool. up on an hour here we're just going to take a quick little break and uh we'll be back in about five minutes or so five minutes sounds good here be hey, hey, and, hey. Uh, welcome back all? I would just like to remind everybody that uh, this episode of the Ape Audio Podcast is brought to you by Undies from the creators of MeUndies. We uh, will ship to you a fresh pair of my of undies, Ian's undies, once Ian's. a week with a designer stain. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> will it be brown? Will it be red? Will it be yellow? <laughs> You'll never know. Please sponsor us. We're poor. Yeah. <laughs> we need um, coffee. Okay, I want to get coffee. into um, a little... A little side project of yours. Oh, sure. Um, so this was with another member of Sundiver, mm-hmm. correct? With um, uh, Jacob. Yeah. So this is a crew called Hot Future. Yeah. 
And uh, do you want to, before we play the, the jam, do you want to explain what this, this little endeavor was? Yeah, so Jacob and I have been making music for a long time, um, like easily 10 years. Um, and we've made a lot of music and never released any of it. Damn. Um, so after hearing this, I don't know why. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so our first project that we did was called uh, Fox Hunt. There's a video on YouTube. Okay. Shot by yours truly. Nice. Ooh. That's real, real great. Yeah. <laughs> um, the song's cool though. It's called Gold Digging, and that was more of like a band approach at the two of us writing. So we actually played a show at Maxwell's, the old Maxwell's. Um, R.I.P. Yeah, uh, a long time ago. With uh, Emmett from Diatlantic on drums, um, Jacob playing keys and guitar, and me playing guitar. And then we just had like tracks for bass and stuff. Cool. And uh, yeah, then we just kept writing. And like, we've probably, the two of us together have probably written like, like at least like three EPs worth of music. Um, But Hot Future was kind of an approach like, let's make something more electronic, more abstract um and just kind of like not really think about how what we're making and just make it yeah sure cool. who came up with the name uh i think i did what were you thinking about this vent <laughs> no idea people think it's like uh, like like a environmental thing Oh, into <laughs> what? Yeah, like we're going up, we're coming into a hot future. Yikes. Jesus. Yikes. Um, but honestly, like I have, I have no idea. How I love I'm... the, I love the name. It gives me like some sort of like vaporwave vibe. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, exactly future. what I was thinking. The second I came up with it, I really dug it. Yeah. But I don't know, really remember where it came from. It's, it's one of those, those artist names or band names that sounds like it's already famous. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. You um, know. but yeah, so we, and then this stuff I just released. Okay. Um, yeah, I just saw it go up. So, uh, but we—that's how you get into it. <laughs> we this we finished this like four or five years ago. Oh, oh really? Yeah. So well, was... before we uh, we talk anymore, do you want to let it uh, let it ride?
you don't always have to have a big thought out yeah. rollout for everything you know and that's that's kind of what ended up happening yeah sure was i just put it out uh, i when it was actually sundiver was kind of starting mm. and i was like and we put up some sundiver stuff and i was like oh that was easy like oh i could just put this out yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. It, it's 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 kind of weird once you get like a ball rolling yeah. and you're like well, I don't have to stop, but it's once it starts <laughs> yeah. to slow down, you get lazier and lazier and lazier. Because I feel like once you start kind of creating and you start getting into more of a headspace of creating on your own, you're just more satisfying the urge of yourself creating and you don't care about getting it yeah. out there yeah, to other sure. people because you're sure. satisfying your own kind of urge of like, oh, what do I want to yeah, get out of this I, product? What do I and you finally hear? get it. There, you're there's like, a I'm sound good. in my head. I need yeah. to get it out. Yeah. And then once it's out, you're like, that's fine. That's like, kind of, uh, you and I have talked about this. I have like hundreds of little projects on my pc yeah. and none of them will probably ever see the light of day just because yeah. i'm like yeah it's fine like and that's kind of got the itch scratched and i don't need other people to hear it yeah when they do hear it they usually like it but that's not what i'm that's after. kind of exactly. why like being in a band is nice and being in a band with like multiple members is because there will be sometimes like that one member that's just really ambitious to get it out there to other yeah, people sure because yeah. they're like showing it to their friends at work or they're updating on it and they're saying like, hey, you should like send us your music when it's done and then yeah. they're more ambitious to get that kind of stuff out. So when it finally does, you know, sometimes it's good to have that extra push in a band. Well, it, but, I find it, yeah. it's always kind of funny too because you're not necessarily looking for that approval from other people. Mm -hmm. And when they do, like if, if I have a friend over and they hear one of the tracks or like I throw one up in the Discord or something and one of you guys is like, yo, that's actually pretty dope. And I'm like, no, nobody else will ever hear yeah. but that's cool to yeah. know yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks for feeding my musical ego yeah for sure but i i've also never had the pleasure of like being in a band or anything so i never have had Except other people choice? just don't want to be in a band or i don't know it's just never worked out like i i jammed with your old drummer chris nelson a little bit and like it was fun but i don't know it was just kind of like a basement thing like it was never to turn into anything else yeah so. did you ever want it to turn into something else not really it's like, <laughs> you're like standing there jamming you're like i hope this doesn't get serious <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> pretty much though pretty much like i hope like i know i can't start getting i know <laughs> i know absolutely no music theory like we went over this i i could i can write my own melodies i have a decent ear um if i ever had to like remember something like note for note uh-uh the okay. the the curtain would be lifted on my operation, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, But that's why I like making music with automated software on the computer because I can look back at it mm -hmm. and go, oh, this is exactly how it's tracked. Then I can kind of learn, okay, this is the note that I used here, blah, 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 blah. It's like a really stupid way I've went about learning music and learning how to create it. But it's fun for me. And yeah. That's, that's all I need. Yeah, when I was learning a guitar, I was just doing tabs for a long time. Yeah. And then I just never really started to get into theory until a couple of years ago, I think. And I was taking guitar class and shit too, but I looked at sheet music and I, I went learn theory in her class. Yeah, I feel like learning music in high school. Well, when you're learned, when you are like being taught something, it kind of depends on the teacher. Yes. So yeah, she's high all the time. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> you know, in high school, especially when you got a lot of energy and you're kind of always distracted and music class is kind of a bird course for some people. They kind of just do it to get the pass and whatever. So when you're surrounded by all your friends who you didn't think would be into guitar and they're just starting to do that, you're like, well, I don't give a fuck about this class. Oh, I can play like decent. Okay. The teacher won't bother me because I'm just, I'm practicing. Right. So yes. it's kind of hard to get into theory unless they're super engaging and they make it, you know, cool and addicting. I but just I don't think remember that's how... her teaching a thing. 
Like I'll, I remember getting the Circle of Fifths, I think. Yeah. Probably. And I, I looked at it, and I'm like, I have no idea what the hell's going on. Because I think the requirements for, like, teaching music in school, like, not that I know, but I would assume, yes, just because there is, like, especially for guitar, you know, when you start teaching music theory and guitar at the same time, I feel like that's a little bit more difficult for people who want to learn how to play guitar because they want to learn rock songs. They want to learn, you know, pop punk songs usually when they start out when they're younger. Yeah. So learning music notation is there's a process, you know what I mean? It's like doing karate. For example, you want to learn how to kick the shit out of somebody, but essentially they have to teach you like form and they have to teach you like all these very delicate and, uh, you know, these kind of, um, what's the, they teach it a little bit more meticulously. So, with guitar, it's kind of the same way until, you know, you find out what tabs are and then you're like, okay, cool. It's like Guitar Hero. I yeah. just kind of like read it along and then I go and then they're in muscle memory and then yeah, I'm good I, to I go. Learned, so. I learned how to read tabs and then I I was like, okay, I should learn how to read music now properly. And I looked at a piece of sheet music and I went, I was like Bart Simpson. I'm like, this shit looks fucking boring, man. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard Bart say and that. And that was... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think part of it, is with in terms of the teaching thing, is it's really hard in the... <laughs> it's really hard, especially in like the public school system, um, to, make the, to make the music knowledge relevant to the instrument and the desire of each person learning that instrument in the, the big class. Why do you say that with public school teaching? Well, no, with you any never, school. Okay. With, uh, yeah, I was I, just wondering, because yeah, I, no, like, I, I was wondering if you're like, oh, let's, let's learn some hymns, guys. Right, like, yeah, 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 no, no. I guess I, I don't necessarily mean public school, but um, in, in a... Elementary school? Or uh, yeah, like high, high school? Yeah, like high school, like in a, cl- a class setting. Yeah. It's really difficult to go, hey, you need to learn the circle of fifths because it's relevant to you in this way. Yeah. That's really tough. And it was, I think everybody kind of approaches, there's something that, there's an aha moment in the circle of fifths for everybody in like, in whatever way it, you know, because the circle of fifths can be utilized so many different ways. Yeah. And I feel like certain people find a certain aspect of it in terms of how useful it is to kind of go, oh, okay, cool, I can use that. In high school, it's, like you said, with a bunch of, because the creative mind, like when you're in a creative headspace, you want to be having fun. You kind of want to be a little loose. But when you have 30, 16-year-olds in a, in a you know, in a room crammed with each other, you know, being loose and kind of having that is... 28 of them are smoking the devil's lettuce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the wacky tobacco. The wacky. Yeah, man, eyes red as the devil's dick. <laughs> Romaine, yeah, that'll get you. Yeah. Get um, e. coli. <laughs> so I want to hey. I want to reel it in and kind of bring it back to some uh, yeah, yeah. local music topics here. Yeah, let's talk about me more. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to stop thinking that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Got him. Okay. So, um, well, like, what's something that you think uh, uh, there was cl- like a clear in kind of how the scene was all intertwined in the Tri-Cities, like really tight-knit, really connected, probably just because a lot of people went off to school, certain venues closed down, blah, blah, blah. What's something you think we could do now to kind of promote that? Like we're, our our thing right now is like, we want to do this podcast yeah, so we can kind of get your message or like whoever wants to come on here, if, we can give them a platform yeah. to talk to people where it's not like five minutes in between a song at chainsaw or through um like a social media posting or something we want we want the artist to have a bit more of an outlet uh a little bit more time to get their message across like what what's something you think people 
or um, businesses or whatever can do in the Tri-Cities to kind of promote a more positive um, like music scene around here? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think that um, one of the things that happened with that kind of decline of the music scene is that the music scene just became more diverse. Um, like yeah. there's a lot of different, and not saying that there wasn't different types of bands before, but now there's just so much music. Sure, um, definitely. And I think embracing that diversity would be a huge part of getting that tight-knit community back together. Yeah. Um, like, you don't just have to like metal bands. You don't just have to like rock bands. Yeah, yeah. You can like anything, um, and anything, and music belongs together regardless of the genre. So I think at a, in like the, you know, community level, just thinking about it, not like, oh, we're having a hip hop night right? or, oh, we're having a a punk rock night. Like, why not? Do you know what would be more punk rock? Putting them together. Damn right. Yeah. I was just, I was going to bring up, like, I see some of the lineups going on around town and you go, oh, it's just a bunch of punk bands together or it's a bunch of DJs together. Like exactly what you were saying. Yeah, I think it would be great to mix them together. Like people, because we have so many streaming platforms and such a quick access to music that we didn't have really like a decade ago, it is people are much more tolerant of different genres. Like I know, hugely. Yeah, like growing up, it was like, yo, you listen to metal? That's all I listen to. Yo, you listen to pop? Fuck you. You know, like people are kind of just like elitist kind of. I listen to whatever. Like if it's good, it's good. And I don't think the the promoters and booking agents like around the Tri City should be afraid of having varying acts together like on the same bill. Like I I think it could be really cool and it could introduce a lot of people to a lot of different music that they might have not known was going on around town. I think that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Introducing to people to music that they didn't know existed. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because um, that's what local music was for me. It was discovery. Yeah, it was like hearing a band and going, "Oh, like you can do that." All mm-hmm. right, cool. Um, and then I think another part is a big problem with shows right now is having the attendance stay for the whole show. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and the, most the headliners curse. The headliners curse. Yeah, and nah. like, can you blame people if they've just heard three hours of the same kind of music? Yeah, not at all. Right, not but if all. every band is different. They're like, what's going to be next? What's next? I don't know. What does that band sound like? If you look at a bill and you say, oh, I haven't heard the next band. I wonder what they sound like. And that's an actual question. That's really cool. But if you can just guess what they're going to sound like because of the rest of the bill. It's not exciting. And you almost set up like a hierarchy when it's like only like whatever genre, only like a punk bill or metal bill or EDM bill or whatever it is. You'll, it's not that you'll judge everything based on the first show, but there's more of a chance that it's like you don't want to stick around for the last band because you're like, okay, like that third band was pretty cool. The one that kind of after was eh, so I don't know what else to expect. I'll just kind of go home. I've heard enough, like whatever. Yeah, you're kind of hitting bands against one another in a negative kind of way where it's like, yeah, exactly. If if maybe the second band had like an off night, all these people are going to bail out and suddenly you have three more bands left to play and there's nobody there and then those bands get pissed at the one band for fucking up or whatever but if it was a little more diverse it's like a breath of fresh air yes. you know yeah. like, it's also if you let's say you're booking a show in waterloo and it's going to be a pop punk show you've just booked every pop punk band yeah right yeah not all of them are going to be the same caliber mm-hmm. yeah so the night is going to have a gradation in how good people are mm-hmm. so like maybe that means no one shows up for the first band because 
you know, they, they're not giving the shot. They're not giving the proper shot because everyone just assumes the first band's not as good because yeah, how are you going to have definitely. five good pop punk bands yeah, in the same right, town? Right, right, right. You'll assume the last one's just the best. Yeah. Plus, I, I feel like this kind of structure doesn't have a longevity to it mm-hmm. because if you're billing the same bands on the same lineup and then you have to give them like a refractory period yeah. where they can't play again together, if you just kind of mix that up, you could have the same bands performing every week if they wanted to, more if they wanted to. Yeah. Because it's not just the same lineup over and over and over. Yeah, and that's what blew me away when I came back into the scene. Because obviously when Dylanic was playing, like, we played with metal bands. Yeah. Done. Mm-hmm. No question. If yeah. you didn't scream, you probably didn't <laughs> play with us. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came back and played uh, at the Snake Pit, it was Sundiver, kind of alt-rocky, the Heart Attack Kids, like, hardcore, and Gene Daddy. Mm-hmm. Like, right? that sounds like a great show yeah. to me. Like, that like it's sounds a like super fun. diverse lineup. Yeah. Um, and I was immediately just like, oh, we can do whatever the hell we want now. Yeah. Like, uh, like Chris, you know, who booked it, he like, Chris Walton, I don't know if you know him. He's from Father Bodies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he, yeah, he, it just kind of like inspired us to not look at who was on the lineup and just say yes. Sure. Yeah. And we've ended up playing a bunch of really diverse shows because of that. Um, and it's been super cool. And outside of the live music, I feel like lots of bands might be able to benefit from it as well. You know, they get to take away, oh, these people are doing this kind of sound. Maybe we can take a bit of that yes. and bring that back to our music. And maybe if it's not like exactly in line with one another, you can take little bits or like even have features and stuff like work together. Like it, it could yeah. be a cool thriving scene. And it's just it's different than what it used to be. Like it, it used to be fine to book so many hardcore acts together just because the whole city was fans of hardcore yeah like people are like chilling out now like people are getting older you know yeah and uh yeah i just i feel like it 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 could be a great thing if if they mixed it up a little bit yeah i mean another thing to point out is that the we currently don't have a battle of the bands right yeah Yeah. and i everybody's a winner (laughs) and and it's interesting because like i'm i don't know if that's the answer but it sure as hell worked yeah i think that's what it is there's like you know people who are competitive yeah they'll push themselves a little bit harder to compete obviously because the point of a competition didn't they do a battle of the bands for um hope fest no they didn't wait oh wait they i think they might have i thought uh i thought i thought they did and what did they win they, want they got like to a, play like the the opening or something. Yeah, like, that. like one of the one of the spots there or something. Like so. the last <laughs> the last battle of the bands, the last battle of the bands I remember was the one the battle for Koi. Maybe it's Koi that I'm thinking of. No, I th- I feel like was there one I the feel like I feel like Hope Fest had one. I don't really well, know, but e- even if it did, like, um, clearly I, it didn't work that well. If we didn't hear about it, really, that's true. <laughs> yeah, if we have to second guess if it actually yeah, happened, that's int- well, and also like if you think back to I mean Arc Battle. That was like a whole season. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. Yeah, we had uh, we had a battle of the bands for Hope Fest with uh, battle of the bands for Hope Fest. Okay. Fifty three likes on the page. Fifty. Okay, okay. So there was a battle of bands yeah. for Hope Fest. What but, year? Um, well, well, Hope Fest has only had one. One. Yeah. Game. I know. I'm just seeing. So it must have been. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. But there was the other one's one. for that church in yeah. Yeah. Alabama. <laughs> oh, cool. In Connecticut. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think like Kurt and Corey from Ark and Civilian at the time, now just Kurt's there. They 
did it like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You played at the Schwaben Club, and then you played at the Schwaben Club again, and then you played again, and then you played at Elements. Ooh. Right? Like, it was cool. It was you a really cool You couldn't not hear about it either. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, honestly, I, I think that most of Die Atlantic's success, or at least what made it quick, was because we won Arc Battle. Sure. sure. Yeah. And we won Arc Battle because we wanted to win Arc Battle really badly because we had gone to it, or I at least had gone to it for my whole life before that. Like, I went to every single one. Yeah, right. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, we, we promoted it so much. Like, we sold so many tickets for Elements. For the finals, like I th- honestly think that's probably why we won, was just because the number of tickets. The number sold. of tickets, yeah. Do you feel like, go- although competing in the battle, like from watching it so many times in your, you know, from years before, you kind of knew how to prepare going into it. Where you're like, oh, okay, this worked, this didn't. We can tell the judges like this. We can tell they don't like that. Or was it just kind of we just need to try, and then just as a result of just trying, it just worked out for you. For us, it was like we just want to. For yeah, I don't know. I didn't think we were gonna win. I thought the Cobra Hawks would have won. Oh, yeah. right? Is that what Cobra they're... Hawks? Yeah, yeah Cobra never Hawks. Even heard of them. They were formerly two liner. Oh, damn! Really? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah, so they were sick, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I got that right, didn't I? Cobra Hawks. Cobra Hawk, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or Cobra Hawks. Why did they change their? It was years later. Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, so I thought that they were gonna win because yeah, they, they put on a solid. wicked show. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't actually really know what was gonna win. All I wanted to do was go out there and present the most polished package. Um, just like well, we're just gonna play our best. We're gonna bring as many people we can so that the crowd is hyped, and we're gonna do the best we can. And yeah, I mean, and the cool thing. So here's the other thing with that. Think of how many bands that played Arc Battle were high school bands. Yeah. Right. Name a high school band right now. Is it because there's none, or is, is it because, because we're we just, not in high school, or because we're not in high school? I mean, I don't know any, and I know high school teachers that have asked, and they don't have bands at their school. I know oh, there's, but none do they have playing. any musicians? Do they have any people playing. trying to work? They have are, lots of musicians. So who? What are they? What are they're those musicians? Producing. Are they producing? Are they? Yeah, what, that's what, true. Maybe they're just in a total. Yeah, different, they're just yeah. alone. What's trying to be those aspect. SoundCloud rappers? Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, like there's not like there used to be a huge community. It was like, oh yeah, those guys that go to that school. Oh, those guys that go to that school. Definitely. That that's not really a thing anymore yeah. from what i can see i think that just people see soundcloud rappers just succeeding yeah. on their own and then they just kind of think oh, that do they don't own. need a team or need yeah. friends yeah. they can just do it on their own but it's weird because a lot of these successful like artists that have come up recently in that kind of uh genre and that kind of like corner of the music industry they their success is because they have a team despite you know their kind of image being like a singular Single entity person, yeah. it's like because of a team some people will market their team like Brockhampton or someone yeah. like that will market their team as you know the whole unit whereas you know someone like Tyler the creator you know you know he has a team and you know where it's come from kind of digging into his roots but it's, it, it is there's a team there's always a team that kind of helps that artists get to where they but need to be see it. yeah yeah so I don't know. Maybe that's something that the uh, the youth should uh, take is uh, you know a little lesson they should take is uh, to form a team and not uh, think they can do it on their own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your independence is. Well, shout out if no, there's any no if there's any high school bands high school. in yeah. the Tri Cities out there. Wow, that was way more poetic than mine. Like, mine was a little bit more uh, blunt. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if yeah, honestly, we I I've talked about this with um, the dudes in Sundiver. Like we're we're fully capable of of doing a show. And we were we were like, yeah, if there's a high school band that wants a chance to play somewhere, like, give us a shout and we'll make it happen. That's super kind of you guys. Um, because but I, I, that's like yeah. that's so. Uh, 
you guys can really be like the elder statesman if yeah. you want to be. But it's like, strategic yeah. as fuck, like marketing yeah, sure, wise, absolutely. kind of for like you sure, guys. But you don't have cause... to tell people that. Well, and, and honestly, like, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a good idea. Like, you yeah, know, definitely. Yeah, and, but... and yes, that that would be great. Yeah. Um, but for me, um, and this is just going to be super cheesy, but like I looked up to the bands that were in high yeah, school when yeah. I was in middle so, school. So you want to be that guy? Kind I want to be of, that guy. Yeah, like it's I'm cool. Sure, I'm way older than that now, but I want to be that dude who's like, "Yo, you guys are sick. You're doing great. Come yeah. play with us. Good set, man. Good set, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, classic. Gosh, good set, man. Yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool if you guys had a an opportunity to do something yeah, like, or I any band to. around the city like had the, an opportunity to do stuff like that the last high school band that i knew they're not in high school anymore um and they're a band that i've actually recorded a lot called safe as houses um they're like a folk Those guys are great rock band thank you yeah um i mean i'm not them yeah he, he, <laughs> I, recorded, I, recorded, I, recorded, I was just gonna say i'm like what <laughs> yeah yeah how many parts you got man. going on <laughs> yeah i know no elliot elliot and benson and all those guys they're really cool and uh, I've worked with them a bunch since they were in high school, and now they're all grown up. Hey, cool. Um, cool. But yeah, that's like the last band that I remembered being like, oh, a cool high school band, sick. The city divided. I recorded them. Oh my really? Gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. Maybe, maybe the issue is jam halls are just way too expensive now, and people are just dying. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just got to find the right place. <laughs> yeah, I've I've never had a jam hall. Yeah, that's fair. But you also had. Parents that were clear, clearly a little bit tolerant. Of yeah, that, so that's a good. When I said my mom was tolerant of my music tastes, Die Atlantic practiced in my mom's basement. <laughs> oh jeez, shit! And you guys live? You lived in the burbs? In the burbs? Yeah, yeah. we practiced in my. How'd your neighbors basement. like you? Not, not, not super well. They didn't love us. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Um, but we were always done early. Like we oh, did man. it. We we were very respectful. <laughs> that's um, great. But that's I mean, great. we played like. Like we, both guitar players had an orange 412 with 100, 120 watt amps. Crank it! Wow. <laughs> like it was loud. Very, very Fuck. clean. Yeah, that wouldn't fly at my parents' nope. house. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. And so I was super like we were really lucky in that way because we didn't need to spend money on jam space. And now with Sundiver, like, um, I mean, I have my house and studio, and our bass player has his house, so we practice in our houses. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring up your your home studio. I, I know you had mentioned it a little bit last week. Like, is is that the greatest thing ever? or <laughs> <laughs> you know what right now it's fine yeah it's it's fun it's fine it's um but in in the coming months it's going to be even better cool. so right now it's just in the basement of my house um but i'm moving okay in february uh and a whole section of the building that we're moving into is going to be dedicated to the studio like a whole floor a building wow. is that That's bigger insane. than a house yeah it's a triplex Ooh, wow. Oh, it's yeah. gonna be a few apartments. Are you are you gonna dedicate like one thing to a control room? Are you gonna have many control rooms? Or are... it, yeah, it's gonna be like um, one of the floors, which is one apartment, a two bedroom apartment. The the living room is going to be the control room, cool. um, and also you know used as a live room if needed. And then the, you know we, it's like okay, we have a kitchen we can record in. There's that's cool. There's a bathroom we record in. There's another. A, uh, there's a bedroom we can record in. And then That's awesome. my wife is using the other bedroom as a teaching studio. So Oh cool. Well does she teach music, uh, I'm assuming. Yeah, she teaches piano and singing. Oh, nice. Yeah. So how are you gonna treat this room, these rooms, I guess? Yeah, I mean the 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 bedroom that will be a live room, mm-hmm. it's going to also be my home theater. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be like, you know, blocked out windows and really dead and um kind of like my studio right now. Mm-hmm. And then the mm-hmm. um the control room i'm gonna try and make a bit more modern like not so dead a little bit more lively nice um 
because I'm so used to mixing in a dead room, it'd be nice to mix in something that's a bit more, a bit more reflection instead of absorption. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to to do that, and then it'll be uh, a little bit more professional too. Then when did you like? Did you treat your parents' basement at all? Or did yeah, you, a little bit. What did you do? They uh, were hoarders. Remember, they were hoarders. Yeah, there's just stuff. Yeah. There's stacks uh, of treatment yeah. everywhere. You no, know, the, the only treatment I did there was obviously it had carpet on the floor, um, drywall walls, and then I um, I just took plywood, like sheets of plywood, and glued Roxel Safe and Sound to them. Damn. And drilled some holes in the pl- the back of the plywood and just nailed them to the wall. And they were okay with that, or yep. did, or did they, they just kind of no come down and they were like, "Oh, this is <laughs> this is great." Thanks, guy. Like like the, it was, honestly, the the basement was full of stuff. And then my studio. So oh, okay, it's not cool. like they were ever used to being down there anyway. Okay, cool. So, but yeah, they, they def- definitely just was like, oh, you nailed those to the wall, huh? You're welcome. But my mom helped me make them. Oh, okay. So. Wait till you see crap. where these are going, Matt. <laughs> so I just want to interject quick. I, I've been informed that there actually is a group that is promoting multiple genre shows. The Friend Zone Collective. Oh, cool. Apparently, yeah. The Friend Zone Collective. Yeah, I don't know. Devin just informed me, so. I'm just nice. saying. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Cool. Damn. Friends on Collective. Friends on Collective. I'll Keep your eyes out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll do be they, in touch. Are there any <laughs> shows coming up? I don't know. We can wait for them yeah. to yeah, yeah. show I'm back. just saying. <laughs> is there any shows coming up? I'm just saying. I'm just asking. Yeah. I'm just hashtag asking. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's definitely a thing. Like, there's no high school bands, and... I think diverse bills are a good thing. Now, yeah. if people are doing it, that's great. Let's yeah. expand that idea. Sure, yeah. sure. Get all the um, bands in. And and yeah, and maybe counts, maybe a battle of the bands is a thing that should happen. Maybe it isn't. I don't know if Yeah, it's tough. Like, it's just it like sounds cheesy. what venue should it be at is a big one. Yeah. Like yeah. at least when I think about it in my head how it would be. Cuz you'd want out. it to be right. Like you'd yeah, want it to be definitely, done definitely. How would you feel about like a battle of the bands, but also like with artists included? Like, let's say these guys have out of high school; they're not in many bands. They're pr- probably pursuing solo yeah. careers. I definitely so, think that's entirely appropriate. Yeah, and you know? but the thing is, is like you have to have judges that are like, oh, like they understand how right, right. you know they have to be able to judge properly of yeah. like how everything works because if. So, they're kind of dated then you know they might be like well this is a band they you know this person just played you a bunch of backing tracks so I don't, you know what i mean like there might be I like a, somebody with a real keen I, ear and yeah they kind of opinion. understand like just the, yeah. the 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 whole thing between artists yeah art just get somebody's artist. dad to do it just get somebody who <laughs> hates all music yeah, yeah which one did you hate the best? Least? yeah <laughs> um i think i think <laughs> thanks dad <laughs> i think the answer to that is having lots of judges yeah, that's sure. a good idea. Like yeah. just having a ton of judges. Yeah, a lot of de- um, room for debate. A lot of room for debate and just scorecards. Like, fill out your scorecard and we'll take the best. Nice. Um, because if you have, if you ha- like, let's so say you have, like, ten judges, mm-hmm. that's not too much of an ask. Yeah. No, um, not at all. I, I know plenty of people who would yeah. definitely do it. I know and ten then you, people. And then you, I bet you'd be pretty <laughs> close to finding out who was actually the most enjoyable to watch over definitely, the course of ten people. Definitely, um, As opposed to having two or three judges. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, uh, now here's the thing. Like, am I saying that I want to organize this? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not amazing at that. Um, yeah. But you have booking is but experience. I can do, I can do sound, and I know venues. Yeah, that's, and I have gear. So that's pretty essential. Yeah, I think all you need is just the the chutzpah to book. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pardon. Would you, can you uh, define chutzpah for us? Yeah, it's uh, with shit. a visual descriptor yeah, for uh, the audio audience as well. Uh, yeah, I'm not up on my Yiddish. Yeah. Co ho nays. 
Okay, okay, okay. I okay, I see. big nats. Yeah, nats. Not yeah. that, not that you really need nads to book. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of like. Hey, hey, right thank on. You. We'll, we'll have to do it right too. from here because nobody's gonna let us in their venue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to pipe it in. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Scissors. That's a good idea. I want the highest scissor lift. Yeah. I can't even talk to a microphone correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I'm not. I'm yeah, not I'm not. A, I'm not looking a for like a definitive, like yeah. you know, a little brainstorm. Yeah, yeah it's just just, just to get a conversation started on. I think it's going to yeah. be something that I would like to ask yeah. more of our guests as they come on because it it is an issue that I see, and I'm sure yeah. a lot of the bands see as well. And the the thing is like by no means should this conversation be discrediting the people that are putting the work in to make the scene cool. Yeah. yeah like, no, no. By by no means yeah, am, like, I, am I pointing the finger no at shame. No, no, no. Just, yeah. Like, you've got awesome people, like, obviously, Kyle Wappler at Havoc, Hell yeah. who puts in work and books a yeah. lot of shows. Shout out to Kyle. That guy's... Yeah, yeah. 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 Daddy. Yeah. a huge, um, huge help. Hey, you've, you've got people like Zach Schaefer who's trying to book, like, shows at Pinup Arcade. Like, he's trying to do some different the places. cool venues, yeah. Yeah, you've got people like Chris who, you know, let people use his basement yeah. as a venue for a while. <laughs> That's wild. Um, you've got people like um, Dylan from Father Bodies and Ned Flanders, who who does uh, Three Nines Cassettes, mm-hmm. um, who has his radio station, um, and like he's he's booked some shows for us too. Cool. So like, there's tons of people that are doing good work to make the scene cool. Um, it would just be fun to be able to tie them all together in some way. Like get everyone on the same page. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, maybe that's not the answer. Who knows? Sure, sure. It might just be uh, quit the band, get a real job. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is there is there any bands around town, or maybe maybe not in the Tri Cities, but Ontario wide that you're like really digging that we should check out? The people um, should check out. Danger Liker. Danger Liker. Shout out Danger Liker. Shout out Danger Liker. Absolutely. No, actually, actually though. I don't know who that is. Yeah, hell yeah. Danger bone Liker. Shaker. New, yeah. uh, Check it on new single. It'll, it'll rattle them bones. Check it. Check it. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, and then... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to hijack. No, that was good. That <laughs> but was Danger good. Liker. Check him out. <laughs> who else? Uh, there's... Um, from London, there's Sweet Tooth. Yeah, Sweet cool. Tooth. Yeah, I've been seeing their name around a bunch. Yeah, yeah. they're really cool. They're really pushing themselves nicely. Um, Sweet Tooth, I think, with a silent E on it. Yeah. yeah. Sweet Toothy. Sweet Toothy. Um, from Hamilton, uh, King Park. They're like hmm. a solid band, like rock band. Uh, played a show with them at Open Sesame. They were really cool. Uh, who else from the area? Um, I mean, if you know, like, uh, if you know Dylan, mm-hmm. um, from Three Nights Cassettes, he has a bunch of bands. Cool. Um, like Death Party Playground and... Um, sounds terrible. That sounds like them. my kind of playground. <laughs> I've heard of them. Ne- uh, Ned Flanders and Father Bodies. Yeah, yeah. Um, so some cool stuff there for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just excited about anyone that's... Sure, putting anybody's time making in, some noise out there. Yeah, to make some music. Cool. So, yeah. And obviously, like, uh, Save His Houses, I love those guys. They're, they're, they're playing a lot right now, which is great. Yeah, those guys are awesome. They got a cool thing going on. They have a really cool thing. I saw them at a, you know, the Grand Porch Party. Yeah, they play the Porch Party every year. Yeah, I saw them a few years back at the Grand Porch Party, and that was really cool. What is like? Is that the thing that goes on by me? Like, there's some Porch Uh, Party. There's a few Porch Parties. There's so the one that I was talking about was kind of around the 
William and like Westmount ish, like between William and Herb, like that yeah. kind of neighborhood. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, and like, uh, what what are all the other? I'm trying to think of like Elise, uh, maybe like just those streets, you know, between William and uh, and yeah. uh, Herb and um, yeah, they throw like, like a party party and Alexandra exactly. And- and uh, William and yeah. uh, Dietz. Yeah, yeah. Shout Mano. out to Dietz. Shout out Dietz. Hey Dietz. Yeah. What's Dietz? But uh, yeah, they throw this. Uh, they throw this thing where it kind of lasts a day, and whichever houses beforehand decided that they would like to participate, they basically turn their porch into a venue. So bands have a time slot there. You have a little map that shows what bands are playing all the time. You just kind of like use the map to go like to yeah. this street, and you're like, "Cool, this band's playing." That People just awesome. kind of crowd around sweet. the houses and just watch. Who them needs play. Koi Fest, right? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> no. It was we yeah. So I actually played. Uh, I played <laughs> I the, the Grand Porch Party this year for the for my first time playing a porch party, and it was so much fun. It's what did you? Uh, like, I've never heard of this. Like like no. People like cooking in the streets. Or? There's there was a there was like vegan ice cream. Oh, that was oh. really good. Okay, it was actually really yeah. good. Yeah, there was the a local couple things. Is yeah, definitely good vibes. Business. Was good vibes there? Really good vibes. Like no, like good vibes <laughs> juice. Good <laughs> vibes <laughs> juice. <laughs> I had no idea what he was talking oh, about either. God. I'm like, yeah, probably. Probably Sweet vibes. Yeah. I didn't see them. Um, no, I wasn't playing with Sundiver. Uh, I was playing with Tenth of May. Okay, so what are they kind of um, like? Well, it's 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 uh, my friend Angus. It's just great him. name. Yeah. Um, and then I helped him record his most recent EP, and then we played it. Um, on a porch nice uh, so yeah it was just two of us but it's like kind of trippy acoustic folky there's some recorder parts whoa yeah whoa that's <laughs> yeah 10th of May <laughs> check wild. it out it's on uh, it's on Bandcamp for sure sounds like great porch music yeah it was it was really fun do uh, a lot of people come out. out to that yeah yeah yeah, yeah the streets quite are a, full yeah Holy it's quite shit. a because yeah. it's like in the daytime, it's like something you know the family can take their kids out and they can just walk yeah. around, grab some food. The kids can have fun. And, Never you know, heard of this. It's not super loud, right? Like, yeah. it's, like you have to be on the person's lawn pretty much to. They were only allowed to bring out. their and recorder. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's usually just like acoustic guitars yeah. and maybe like a minimal drum set. Everybody Crazy. plays kind of light. And yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's cool. great though. Because um, like even if you're standing beside somebody else's porch that's performing, you don't really hear much of a. Uh, yeah, Crazy. you don't really hear much of like a sound difference. So that's pretty cool. Was that your first time playing the first porch time playing party? the porch party? But there's there's more than one actually. So there's also the uh, Honer <laughs> okay. porch party that's more like Frederick Street area, and it was okay. like by Frederick Mall, I think, in those neighborhoods there. And Savis Houses plays that as well. Um, but yeah, there's there's a few porch parties now that happen, and I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I've never yeah, that's heard. super cool. I know there's one that runs by me. Like I'm in downtown Kitchener. I know there's one over. It's just like off of Benton, I believe. And uh, I think they run a couple over the yeah. course of the summer, and I've always meant to check it out. But once again, I'm an old ass man, and I, I got to bed at like. There. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I gotta gotta bring out both oh my canes. God. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll definitely have to uh, check that stuff out. But it's an interesting thing because it's a it's another divide in the scene, right? It's mm. not super connected to the scene that we we're talking about. Right. Yeah, the yeah. venue scene, the yeah. venue based scene. Well, I mean, if they do have venues, it's pretty much one or two or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you see tons of bands that you've as an active showgoer you see tons of bands that you've never heard of that don't play those shows so it's like where's the divide there um and how do we bridge those communities yeah like yeah. how how do we have like a punk band go play the porch party <laughs> i think yeah, it's yeah. the appeal of trying to give the artists you have to approach them with the idea of like a multi-genre set list 
Yeah. You got to make it appealing to them. And I think that's where the secret kind of lies is you make it appealing to them so they can be stoked on playing the show as much as yeah, they would be stoked on playing on any it. show. Yeah. yeah. Sell them on it. So they're like into it and you kind of kind of sell them the idea that like, hey, a diverse set will do you more good than harm mm-hmm. despite what you know sure. some bands may think. Definitely. And uh, I think once that kind of idea gets across, then you kind of, you know, repetition and people kind of being attracted and approving of the repetition brings trendiness trendiness in a local way kind of branches out to neighboring cities i'm just kind of you know yeah predicting like the natural flow of like growth but yeah but i do think there's exciting exciting stuff coming for the scene in the new year sure um there's i don't know what what i can talk about um because of it friends of friends but uh, like expect some more festival type things. Awesome, Ooh, cool. I have, I've um, been that's really cool. Like small, like multi venue things. Cool. Oh, something in the in the vein of Koi, C- kind of. Yeah. Um, when Koi went away, I was heartbroken. Yeah, that was heartbroken. It, it was, was great. Tough. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So ex- expect some of that for sure. Uh, I've heard rumblings. Awesome. Well, we'll have to keep stuff. an ear out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it'll be exciting. Yeah. Cool. So we're we're coming up on two hours here. You uh, you guys want to ask Sam any more questions? Let's hear um, those tracks. Yeah. You wanna you wanna play your uh, your three okay. defining tracks? All right. So we're we starting with share. Yep. Share. Okay. <laughs> do you believe in love? Hell yeah. <laughs> do you believe? I'm gonna say maybe don't let the whole song ride. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah, just yeah. get yeah. a little get flavor. A taste yeah. Of it, yeah. Also for legal purposes. Oh, that too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey. 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 What's up, Mitch? That's not the share I know. (laughs) Oh, this is what Windows Movie means. Yeah, this is is what it's all about, guys. Yep, this is my jam. Let's change the lots of... Not this, no. So, uh... Eight-year-old Sam just rocking out to this. Yeah. Okay. In this room, how like, often? This is music. <laughs> I remember I always misinterpreted the lyrics in the chorus to be something really inappropriate. Like what? Like what? Um. So when she doesn't, I thought I always thought it was. I can feel something inside his ass. What? I really don't feel it strong enough. No. And I always thought it was that when I was a I'm kid, sorry? and I never told anybody about that. I'm. Re- I. Well, Sorry, it's Mom. out there forever now, yeah. and somebody's gonna clip. I don't know why I thought I can feel something inside his ass. I really don't feel the strong it. Yeah, I have it. Right here. here we go. Ready? I can feel something inside his ass. I hear where you're coming. From. Yeah, when, when you're a little kid. Thanks, really Cher. Kicking in now. Yeah. I know. I'm, yeah, yeah. Starting to burn up over here. Oh, Soda. No. Um. Gob. Uh. Oh, what's what's a really good give one? Up the grudge. No, not give up the grudge. <laughs> that's more. Um. I hear you calling. Yeah, that's the one that I remember. Yeah, that's a good one. Is that the zombie soccer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the zombie, zombie soccer. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it is about. Oh Gob. yeah, that's all coming back to me now. I remember watching this on like uh, Much Music before. So Absolutely. Which yeah. which uh, offshoot of Much Music was it? Much Loud was it? The, the Wedge. I can't remember. I think um, my dad. It's just mainstream. My just mainstream. Much damn. I forget what the festival is, but they they got a pretty good like 
high spot, high slot. And then, did you guys have any sleeper songs you wanna show uh, up before the anything the from any new? That's, that's not up to me to say. Hey, no, I don't know, I'd rather have it be against my will. I'd rather you tie. I'd rather you like you know, waterboard me with it than. What do you? We can save it for an episode where it's just the three of us. Yeah, we can yeah. dig into him a bit more, or we can bring him on too. Anything uh, new you guys are digging? Like anything's come out in the last like month or so that you guys have really liked? Like it can even be mainstream level, like Hell, something that everybody loves. Like for example, like we've been hard for the new Earl lately. Earl, yeah. sweatpants. Too yeah, bad boy. it's <laughs> too bad it's an extremely short album. Yeah, it it, it is despite the amount of tracks more there. though. It's yeah. not that I'm like, oh, this sucks. It's just like, when am I getting more Earl? Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be because there's, there's, there's a lot of a lot of songs, but they're each like you know, a lot of them are kind of even falling short of two minutes. Yeah, which is cool because they kind of go into like two part songs, like you know, the songs that he released before the album came out. Yeah. It was kind of weird to listen to because you were like, you didn't understand the context. But then you heard the song before it, you know, in succession with the album track list, and you were like, okay, I get it. Like, this is great. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that's definitely the the fresh fresh one for me. Yeah. You can get anything. Yeah, I'm I'm listening to Emily King. Emily King, I don't know who that is. She's like a soul artist. Oh. I'm not I'm not a big background music fan. Wow. Okay. Like so I you really? hated this podcast then. No, no. This is, <laughs> I, I like I listen to music. I don't. Yeah. I don't just put it on. Yeah, yeah. Fair yeah. Enough. You have Fair to actively enough. listen to it. But that's why I'm looking for things that are a little more like you don't have to be so attentive but, to but it. But if yeah. you did, it's pretty it's good. good. Yeah, 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 exactly. You can you can come and come and go with it. I yeah. definitely do like like to digest mm-hmm. the music that I listen to, but. I also don't like to digest my family's conversations. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you out with music. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, no, I'm like a. I have my I have my home theater because I love movies, mm-hmm. so I have my you know projector and stuff and a record player, and I will put on a record and turn all the lights off and just listen to it. That sounds with, with no other sensory sensory chamber, just like only listening, and that's my happy place for sure. That's awesome. That's super cool. Cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you guys want to wrap it up? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Is there anything you want to uh, yeah. shout out? You want to plug? Yeah. Oh, I mean, check out check out Sundiver. Shout out Sundiver, Sundiver. 519. Yeah. Uh, yeah, check out Save His Houses. Love those guys. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Check. Come to some shows. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Come see Let's shows. Get that going. Oh, and uh, yeah, tell me if you want to play a show. Yeah. A school band that yeah. wants to play a show. I'll uh, I'll make, make sure uh, people have a way to get in contact with you in the show notes. Uh, Sounds good. Yeah, thanks a lot for coming out. And... Shout out oh, Frost shout, shout out Frost, Frost Gang. Gang. <laughs> What's Frost Gang? I'll link the video. Okay, <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, so, no, I'd come out whenever you guys want. Yeah, thanks, cool. Man. It's been awesome. a pleasure. Yeah, we'd love to have you back. It's an awesome conversation. Um, so our podcast is now available on iTunes, Apple Music. Oh, that's the same thing. Yep. iTunes slash Apple Music. In the podcast, one's yeah. like a streaming, and one's like you just download it. I think. Yeah. Uh, Google Play, Spotify. We're on Stitcher and like a dozen other. Services. All the classics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any anywhere you want to anywhere you want to grab it, you can pick it up. Uh, we'll be back live on Twitch next Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern. If you want to check us out, drop us a follow. All that hot garbage. Anything you guys want to say? Like, comment, and subscribe. (laughs) Smash that like button. Fist that bell. Hell yeah. Five star reviews. (laughs) Later. Give all the reviews. Peace. Peace.